Welcome to the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Of course, there aren't really any normal people, but every person has a spirituality, whether plumbers or politicians, firefighters or farmers, entrepreneurs or entertainers. I'm Matthew Bruff, pastor and author, bringing you tips, guidance, and practical advice for how to live out and keep the life in your relationship with God. You can find show notes, books, and more at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. This is episode three of the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening today. Today, I've got a great interview. I just had so much fun with this interview talking to Matthew Rattan, uh, who is a minister of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Barrie. Uh, that's in Ontario, just north of Toronto in Canada. Um, now, we have a great talk uh, and go over a whole bunch of things. It's a wide-ranging conversation and super practical. I want to encourage you as well to go onto the website and check out the show notes because I included some links there. Um, Matthew writes a almost daily devotional. I think it's five days a week. We talk about it quite a bit in the in the podcast, in the interview. Uh, he writes a devotional called Up, and it is just fantastic. So I highly recommend that. You can get it in your email inbox, or there's a Facebook page that you can subscribe to, and it shows up in your Facebook, uh, or you can just read it on the web. Uh, so if you go to uh, spiritualityfornormalpeople.com slash Matthew Rattan, you'll go straight to the show notes for this episode. And if you don't figure out how to spell that, you can just go straight to the to the uh, website and just click through to the episode uh, and, and find that devotional through there. I really encourage you to do that. Again, it was just a great interview. We talked about all kinds of stuff, how it can sometimes be work to tend to our spirituality. What do you do when you don't feel like it, when you don't feel like praying or feel like reading the Bible? How do you get out of that? We talk once again about the Psalms. I talked about that last week with Teresa McDonald Lee on that interview uh, about how the Psalms are this anchor for spirituality. Uh, Matthew has a great way of, of also just pulling out and remembering uh, you know, little nuggets of wisdom that people have said or that he's read. Um, so he talked a little bit about doing less better. Um, and, and so we talked a bit about mini habits as well and uh, how that might affect spirituality, um, how to engage in spirituality when you are busy and distracted. Um, we talked even about fasting and how fasting works and just a whole bunch of stuff about how to live out uh, in a practical way, how do we live out things like generosity and kindness to others? How do we live with integrity um, and uh, and how to be consistent and have integrity between uh, your work, your church life, your spiritual life, your family life, and, and really just to live with integrity in all of those areas? Um, so you can see, uh, again, on the website, if you go there, there's a whole bunch of links as well. Uh, to help you engage with that conversation. It is a really great interview. Uh, this week, as this podcast comes out, as well as Holy Week, and so um, we just celebrated Palm Sunday this uh, past Sunday, and this week, uh, at least at my church, we have a Monday-Thursday service, a Good Friday service, and then Easter Sunday, a uh, big celebration. And I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, I know there might be some pastors who are listening to this, and there might be some people who are part of my congregation um, 
But if you if you are part of a church and you're not a pastor, I'd like to encourage you to pray for uh, people who are leading all of these special services this week. Holy Week is this great time where we get to uh, focus on the walk of Christ, the the road that Jesus walked toward the cross, to remind us of. Um, the events of that week and what led to his death and to place our hope in God as we await for resurrection. Uh, I reflected during our Palm Sunday service about how the world in which we live, it's it can be hard sometimes to hold on to hope. But in some ways, Holy Week reminds us of how Jesus was alone on the cross, completely abandoned. And then on the Saturday when when the disciples are waiting, uh, would they have had any hope? Would they have you know, they might have just felt like, wow, everything has just completely fallen apart. And I think sometimes in our lives, we'll feel like that. Or if we'll look at our world, things that are taking place uh, in our lives and in the world today just seem like, wow, like, where is God in all of this? And and I think that is, in some ways, the story of Holy Week is that we get to Friday and, and it's a God forsaken day. I mean, Jesus cries out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, uh, and violence is done to Jesus. Violence is done to God by us in the event of the cross. And Easter comes to remind us, or and reminds us, that there is hope and that God can transform death to life. Um, any hopeless situation can be full of hope when it is in God. Um, and so I think we, you know, we need this week to... And we need to really enter into it, I think, uh, to, to get us uh, in that sense of Easter that, that there can be something wonderful and good and beautiful rebuilt again uh, because of this wonderful good news of the resurrection of Jesus. Anyway, that's kind of a long reflection about Holy Week, but all of that is to say it's this wonderful time, but also you've got clergy and other church leaders who are really busy this week and have poured in a ton of energy into trying to make sure that the people in their congregations can can enter into this time. So so first, I encourage you to, to actually take advantage of those opportunities. And second, please pray for and support your church leaders and uh, the clergy in your congregations. Um, even just even maybe after Holy Week is done, because they might not be getting to as many emails or notes or phone calls this week, but maybe once uh, Monday next week hits or uh, once the, the uh, energy and excitement of Easter has died down a little bit, maybe just send them an email and just uh, encourage them and just say, you know, I really appreciated everything you, di- you did. Or maybe today it's just sending a text or sending a, sh- a, a quick email just to say, I'm praying for you this week. And, uh, and want to encourage you. Um, so keep that in mind this week that this is really, um, for many church leaders, it's the busiest week of the year. And while it's wonderful and beautiful, it can also be one of the most stressful weeks to try to get everything done that needs to get done um, and to hopefully help others find meaning this week. And so I want to encourage you with that. All right, that's probably lots of me talking and reflecting today. I really want to get to this interview and hope that you enjoy it. So here is my interview with Matthew Rattan. So today I'm joined by Matthew Rattan, who is the minister at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Barrie. 
And uh, Matthew also has a fantastic blog and writes uh, basically daily devotional, but I'm going to get you to talk a little bit more about that, Matthew, um, called the Up Devotional. Uh, And uh, so I'm really glad you're able to join me today. Hey, well, thanks for having me, Matt. And I just want to say congratulations on this podcast. I think it's an awesome idea. And, uh, you know, I just think, you know, you're a great person to do it. You've got got great insights and you know people and it's just going to bless people. So thanks for doing it. Well, thanks. Well, I guess it remains... It might remain to be seen whether I have insights or not. But if I've got good guests on, then maybe that can that can happen. And you you get to be one of the first guests, which is which is awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Um, uh, can you say a little bit about that? I kind of want to start with the up devotional, actually, if we can, because yeah. I think people would be interested in that if they don't know about it already. Um, so maybe just tell us a little bit about that, and maybe what led you to start it. Yeah, well. I'm- you know, a couple of years ago, I was, you know, just looking at my own patterns, the kind of things that I did. And I received a lot of devotionals, like mostly on emails. And, you know, you get these little things that you check out. And, um, and I, in that, and I found that you know, kind of a frustration because some of the ones I was subscribing to was very theoretical and sometimes didn't sort of connect to the practical. And that's what I'm passionate about is, is, you know, people, and helping people live out their faith in practical ways today. So um, I thought, hey, maybe there's some opportunity there. And I like writing. And also because, you know, there's people in the congregation who are always asking me questions or emailing me this or that or, or asking on Sunday or calling me about this might be a good a good thing to start. Maybe I could try it on my own and, and do it short. Like it's not long. You can read it in about a minute or less. And um and I was always from already familiar with like the the blogging platforms and the email programs. So I thought, I'm just going to try this. So I prayed about it and uh, just kind of just kind of started. So that's kind of how it's how it began. Yeah, like I I subscribe. I probably don't read every day, <laughs> but um, but what? read lots of them. <laughs> um, today's was really good, uh, and I, I really appreciate it. Like there's some that have been, and I'm sure that's happening for lots of people where it just sort of hits at the right time for some reason. Mm. And I kind of think God just works through that and makes sure it gets in people's inboxes and uh, um, at, at the right moment. And maybe just so that, to clarify for people. So this is when, when does it go out and it comes out by email, right? Well, it comes out a few different ways. So it comes out five days a week. So Tuesday to Saturday um, at 5 a.m. It comes out 5 a.m. through email and um, yeah, and most, and most subscribers are email, but it also comes out on Facebook Facebook, um, Facebook, um, dot, yeah, it's Facebook.com, Matthew Rattan up is what, and it, that comes out at six for various reasons on, on, on Facebook as well. So yeah, it comes out five days a week and it's pre-programmed. Like I'm not up at four o'clock you know, writing these things. They're pre-programmed and they, they come out in the system and they always come out. So you can kind of fairly consistently know when they're going to come out. And so it's, that's, that's the main thing. It, right now there's about, you know, a, little over 500 subscribers and so it's really encouraging and and you know what you say about the it kind of intersecting with your life is one of the most interesting things to me because you know quite often people will say you know it's so weird that you talked about such and such today because at work I'm dealing with this that is like it speaks exactly or it just it's just strange and that's just God working and putting those things together and that's always beyond me because there's a pretty diverse group of who receives it too but I don't know most people who subscribe, of course, but I know some of them. And you know, there's different 
theological backgrounds of people, but it, it seems to, you know, God seems to use it to connect with, with things that are helpful to people's lives. So that's just encouraging. Right. Are you able to see, just because I'm curious, are you able to see uh, if there are different countries or anything like that? Do you get to, that's kind of maybe hard to see that, but. Well, you can you can track that through the email program, so not through um, Facebook and not right. through the, uh, the the word that comes out on WordPress as well on a blogging platform. But through through the email, you can track where the countries are from. Most are from North America, yeah. some are from Europe, and there's various you know other places. You know, you know, there's a little spattering from around the world, but mostly it's North America and some and some from Europe. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's just kind of cool. Like I know there's a couple of times where I've done something where suddenly someone from uh, Spain or something is, is yeah. contacting me. It's like, well, I had no idea <laughs> my words are going that far or whatever. Yeah, totally. And then that's the thing about the internet. Like the other day I put out something and I talked about some research about sort of uh, attitudes about religious behavior. And someone from America emailed me and said, oh yeah, just it's a reminder that, you know, Canada, and I commented that I think Canada is 15 or 20 years ahead of America in terms of secularization. So... <laughs> Um, and said, oh, yeah, I just never thought about that. And, yeah, but when I went to Toronto, I recently I kind of experienced such and such. And that So, yeah, you do get these reminders once in a while that people are around. And it's also good for me as a writer because, you know, you have to remember, oh, yeah, everyone, you know, when you make a reference to Tim Hortons, not necessarily everyone's going to know what that is. Right. <laughs> so, you know, people then I assume there's no Tim Hortons in Britain. Um, maybe there is, but I'm assuming there is. I know there's some in the States, but you kind of get aware of some of those cultural references that mm-hmm. around the world might not know. But you want to be specific enough to say right. the real thing. Yeah. Um, but then as a Canadian, people, you have an educational responsibility to to tell them about Tim Hortons though, as well, right? You want to make sure you... Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's one of our cultural icons that really <laughs> puts us on the map. Yeah. But there's hockey, igloos, and coffee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what do you think you might have learned writing uh, devotionals that consistently? Because you've been doing this for a couple of years now, right? It's almost two years, yeah. I think me, the biggest thing is anything worth anything is work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is that in, in just being on top of your own you know, spiritual life, I think. So, you know, anything worth anything is work. So I, I value my own spiritual growth. And so it takes work in, in general. Like I need to be consciously thinking about it every day. And, but also, you know, in terms of writing it, you know, I want, I want to write, I enjoy that. And I think it makes me a better, you know, speaker and pastor and everything else. So it, it kind of forces you to do the discipline. Now, good thing is I really enjoy it. Like I like doing it right. and, and I think it's helpful, helpful to people for the most part, but yeah, anything, and, and I think it continually makes me personally accountable too. So I think I think I would guess probably most of the people in the congregation receive it, and and a bunch of other people too. So you know, it's like you know, if I'm writing about forgiveness and then go and into a meeting and be a jerk, you know, it's right. really consistent. So it kind of keeps me accountable too. Um, so I think that would probably be the most thing. It, it just kind of makes sure that I'm sort of up. And trying to be to be my best, you know, um, spiritually, just as a person, as a follower of Jesus, really. Right, right. Um, so saying that it's work um, and not just the discipline of writing, because I, I think that's that's work. I mean, it's hard to keep that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're saying as well, sort of the, your spiritual life can also be work. 
um, and, and paying attention to it on a daily basis. So how do you, what do you do to stay consistent, I guess, in your own spiritual life? What are the kinds of things that you focus on and do? Um, well, I, I think that thing about, you know, spirituality or your faith being work is important because I do think we, we have this time of, we live in this time of busyness and distraction. So, you know, it's easy to be distracted with phones beeping and, and we plug our schedules full of all these things. And so we can kind of think, well, I'll, you know, I'll do something. Spirituality is a feeling that I have. What's well, not really, it's there's, there's disciplines involved. It certainly, if you want to take it seriously and if you want to grow. So I think that's kind of part of the climate where we're in. But for me personally, um, I just, I'm just a big believer that, you know, you just have to choose to, you know, act that way before you feel that way. So like, okay, I need to get up. I need to read the Bible. I need to pray. And I just do that. I have certain practices I do regardless of how I feel because sometimes you don't feel like doing something or I just want (laughs) to, I just want to loaf around or I don't want to pay attention to that. So I just have sort of learned and it's not always easy. I have to, you know, say, okay, I'm going to read the Bible today and I'm going to read the Bible tomorrow and I'm going to set time aside to pray or I'm going to, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. I just decide to do them regardless. And I've actually got a really, I just, I'm very basic. I like reading through the Bible all the time, but especially when I'm going through a difficulty or something, I go to the Psalms. Yeah. The Psalms are like my default. So I'm always reading through the Psalms. And when I get to the end of the you know 150 Psalms, I just start again and I'll pick up a different translation and I'll go through it. And even if my prayer life is dry, or I'm just, you know, we go through these seasons. Sometimes you're like super passionate and, and hungry and everything's great. But other times when you're dry, I just pray through the Psalms. So I'll read Psalm 1, I'll read a couple of verses, and I'll say, okay, that's speaking to me somehow. And then I'll pray about something that I find in those, and then I'll read a few more. So the Psalms are like my anchor that I always go back to time and time again. Yeah, that's exactly the same for me, actually, the Psalms. Oh, really? I go back to if I, I don't necessarily read through the Psalms every month, but I know if I've gone through a difficult patch or I just suddenly realized, whoa, I have not been reading or I have not been praying for the last few weeks. And then I kind of say, well, this month is going to be a Psalms month. And I just start again. Yeah. And just go back into it because I kind of, it's sort of like, it's sort of like priming the pump for me as well. Like Mm -hmm. uh, um, it's almost like, it's almost like relearning to pray. (laughs) Like I know how to pray, but but it just sort of gives you a boost. It's a built-in prayer book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, and one of the things that makes it helpful is that many of the Psalms are written in the first person. Yeah. So it's like, there's that old saying, you know, sometimes you read the Bible, sometimes the Bible reads you. Yeah. And I, I've, I don't know who said that, but I find that helpful because yeah, when it all of a sudden it's in the first person, it's like, you know, my soul is downcast within me or something. It's like, holy smokes, you just feel that, you know, that personal connection. So I would, I would totally agree with that. Absolutely. And this, this is just me. I'm a, I try to be sort of a very organized person. So I, one of the things I do to stay on it is I penalize myself if I don't stay on it. That's good. <laughs> like, for example, like if when my, if like my exercise routine, like, okay, I'm going to do three cardio workouts this week. If I miss one, I penalize myself the next week I have to do four. Right. So I will, I know that sounds like a hyper weird thing to do. <laughs> maybe, but So like I keep on like with my prayer life and my, Bible reading, like, okay, if you didn't read the Bible today, have that devotional time, like you, that, that builds up. It just doesn't start fresh again. And I'm just, I'm just that kind of person. Right. Um, but, but for me, I just need that personal accountability or else it's too easy to just to be lazy. 
Yeah. And I actually think lots of us need mental tricks. Like you got to figure out which one works for you. Yeah. Um, so I was talking to a group of uh, young adults at our church last night and mm. uh, about staying on track, reading the Bible. And yeah. I shared with them about uh, a book I, I read called Mini Habits. Okay. This guy who invented something called the one push-up workout. And I won't tell the whole story here, but he basically decided... I love his, that workout already. Yeah, his, his goal for the day was basically to do one push-up a day. And it, uh-huh. it, the premise of the book is set your goal so ridiculously small that you feel like an idiot not meeting it. <laughs> um, so basically so, you shame yourself into action. Yeah. So, but he said most days he would do more than one push-up because it seems ridiculous not to just keep going. And the, right. and the problem is starting. Right. His theory. And that worked for me when I wrote my first novel. Mm. Um, I set a, a low goal, I think of 250 or 300 words a day, but most days I wrote more than that. Yeah. But we were talking last night about applying that to reading scripture. If you're right. having real trouble, then maybe set your goal as well for the next month, I'm going to read one verse a day. Mm-hmm. And that seems so ridiculously small. Yeah. But there'll be lots of days where you'll get interested in that first verse and then you'll keep reading. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there'll be other days where it's like, Oh, I got to the end of my day. I haven't ever, I haven't read my verse yet. Well, just pull out your Bible quickly, read it and go to sleep. Like, yeah, it's fine, but you've done it and you've kept your streak alive. Right. Um, well, I think that's good because you're setting goals, but the realistic ones and, yeah. and, you know, and sometimes we maybe set them too low and sometimes too high. So you got to find that sweet spot, I think. But like a couple of years ago, I had a new year's resolution to do less, better, yeah. do less comma better. That's great. And, and I think in terms of the Bible reading, and sometimes people will come and will say, and you probably get the same thing as, oh, I'm just having struggle to get through the Bible. Can you suggest a translation or something? But sometimes it's reading less better. So it's like, we, we oh, I want to read two chapters a day, or I've got this plan that I downloaded from some website that, to get through everything in a year. Well, maybe that's too much. And sometimes you just get so conscious about getting through it all that you're not even reading it anyway. Right. You're just tired and you're skimming and, oh, there's something about Jeroboam, whatever. You know, I don't even know what's happening. What if you just read, you know, one of those little stories, you know, of the healing of someone or, and just, just even just that and just read a couple times and just because you're going to get more out of it. And that's the whole point. You want to, um, you know, you want to learn what you're reading. <laughs> you don't just want to skim and, and say, hey, I read the Bible, but I don't know who King David was. Yeah, for sure. so, so sometimes just less better, but kind of finding that sweet spot for you personally. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you see people struggling with the most in their own spiritual lives? What do you see? I, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's, it's hard because everyone is different, but I see the biggest, I think the biggest problem out there is just busyness. Yeah. People are busy and, uh, and I call it the modern cancer and that's a big word that I don't use lightly, but I think, you know, there's just, you know, I, I'm thinking of a memory. John Orberg has this great way of saying it. Like, um, you know, if, if, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy because either way your soul will shrivel. Wow. You know, I think it's something like that because like, so, so, so busyness and distraction all feed into it, I think, because we're running around and we're being pushed around by these schedules that we've let happen. And because of that, quite often our spiritual disciplines go down the list. So I think that's part of it. But I think, I think another part is that detachment from the theoretical to the practical. Okay. It's okay. I hear, I read these things and then, or I hear these things uh, or I talk to someone in my small group about something, or I hear the the pastor say something or I read something, but how is this going to impact my life today? How do I translate that into living in the practice of living? 
So sometimes it seems to be this, this disconnect that I think. So part of what I hope to happen in the devotional is, and other things is how can we bring those two worlds together and, and something for me, whether it's a devotional or whether it's a, a Sunday message that I deliver, I'm always preaching or talking or writing to myself first. And I'm sure you find that as well. So it's like, if, if I don't know how I'm supposed to, if I don't know what I'm saying, or if I don't know what I can practically do this week as a result of what I just said, then basically what I've said isn't successful or is a failure. And so, and I think that needs to be applied to teenagers. I think it needs to be applied to middle age or older people, whoever's listening um, how do I understand this? Is it clear? And how can I do something about it this week to help me in my faith? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did want to ask you maybe to be a little more specific about what do you do in your own spiritual practice? Like I know you've said sort of prayer and scripture reading in the Psalms. Is there anything else or any resources or tools that you use um, on a regular basis? Or is there a certain time of day or anything? Yeah, like I find the mornings are my most focused creative time so I get up like I've got three little kids my kids are three five and seven and so I get up before them and every day I get up and I um, grab a coffee although not right now because I'm a bit of a coffee fast I'll tell you about that later if you want but uh, you know and then I grab my bible and I start right away with the with the bible like before I don't check my email first thing in the morning I just go right to the bible and I do that and then a little later on, I also have, you know, after my morning shower, I sort of set a time aside to pray. So I've kind of woven into my my day certain kind of devotional practices like that. Um, something else that I find is I I practice I, I try to do the things that I suggest people do in the devotional. So that's one of the things. But another thing that I personally have found really helpful is I do live these little limited fasts. Mm-hmm. So I will even for you know, a couple days I'll go without something or limit food intake or, you know, um, those types of things just to kind of keep me focused and dependent upon God. And um, another thing that I do is I've got an elliptical here. So when it's snowy, which is a lot of the time in Canada, is we, we, the church subscribes something called Right Now Media. So you can, you, the church has a subscription and there's like thousands of, you know, conferences and Bible studies and speakers and, you know, visual Bible studies. And I'll just be going through stuff while I'm working out. Or if I'm outside running, I just have good Christian music on my, on my iPod that I'm listening to, um, just to kind of, just to get me, you know, in the right frame of mind. And Christian music has come so far in the past 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of great stuff out there. So those are kind of just some of the things I do, but fasting is something I haven't done a lot of, but I'm just exploring a bit more with, and uh, it's not easy and it's not always fun, but it's, it always, you know, it spiritually focuses and strengthens you and you don't have to like, you know, go to the desert for 40 days to do it. There's small, simple things you can, um, you can do even for a day or two that kind of are, are good that kind of keep you on track. How do you think fasting works? Like if, if you were explaining fasting to somebody who does it, never done it and, they don't really know what it's for. What, what, yeah. what would you say to them? Great question. It's basically going without something for a, a limited period of time. And usually that's food or um, a beverage of some kind. Like I just mentioned coffee. But it, this today can also be people take media fasts. So they'll go without social media or, for, or, or the news for a period of time. And the reason for this, and again, I'm quoting from memory. I think this is how Craig Groeschel says it, but 
you know, you're giving up something you love for something you love more. Mm. And when you do that, you're reminding yourself that, you know, it's not all about being comfortable and sort of consuming all the time. You're, you know, when you go without food or something for even a bit, you're reminding I'm dependent upon God and you're, um, you're kind of spiritually focusing yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's a biblical practice like Jesus fasts, you know, John the Baptist, there's others, you know, it comes up quite often and Jesus has some instructions about it uh, in the gospels as well, but it's really going without something. And what you get is that spiritual focus and just that humble reminder of, of kind of being dependent upon God as opposed to just yeah. trying to feel your own needs all the time. Yeah, I found as well um, that it there's there's two different ways that I've approached it. Sometimes I'm giving up something that I probably should give up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, um, so it's a kind of like a trial and, and, and hopefully this is going to go out of my life. Other times I might give up something that I really enjoy and is not is not really negative. Um, it yeah. might be a positive thing that I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. And so some of it is actually when the fast is over, mm-hmm. that sort of rem- reminder of the thanksgiving to God for that thing that's being given up. So, oh, that's a great perspective. Yeah, maybe it's something like um, maybe it's something like chocolate. Like chocolate probably is not great for you in large quantities, but right. Um, or even if you do a total food fast, obviously you need food. Mm-hmm. But then this celebration and uh, of taking that back up again. So we've talked about that sometimes in Lent where mm. you do some yeah. kind of fast. And then on Easter Sunday, you break the fast. Mm-hmm. And it's this great celebration of, of the presence of whatever it is you've given up in your life that God has given you. And so I yeah. thought that's kind of an interesting way of looking at it as well. I think that's I think that's a totally great perspective. And that, you know, what you said about the chocolate reminded me of someone who who did that. And they said that when they started having it again, they just, they just had a new appreciation for how good it was right. because it had just become such a regular part of the routine. Um, it was just like, they had almost stopped appreciating it. Right. But when you go without it, they had this chocolate, you know, their chocolate bar or something like, wow, it's so incredible. Yeah. And like you were reminded of that, the goodness of that gift. Right. So I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, for sure. Now you said you try to do some of the things that you are, talking about in your devotional. So if you're giving sort of a practical, try mm-hmm. this in your devotional, um, right. you will also try those things. What Can you give an example of that? Or what are some of the things that you might have focused on practically in terms of spirituality? Right, yeah. Um, well, here's some examples of some of the things. And again, I'm always looking for what's the practical application of something. Or like we all agree that being kind is nice. Uh, that's the right thing to do. Well, Canadians do anyway. <laughs> It's in the Bible, Matt. It's in oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Especially the nice part. Yeah. <laughs> the nice part. So, you know, for example, like going back to Tim Hortons or the, or the Starbucks or something like today, go out of your way to do something like a random act of kindness or something. And like, we'll give an example. And, you know, one of the, one of the ones that several people wrote into me about that they've done is like paying for the person behind them at the drive-thru or something. Um, another example of, okay, well, how can we, you know, you know, the love your neighbor as yourself principle. So, what is something practically that you can do to live that out? Well, sometimes it's actually your, your actual neighbor. Um, but also sometimes it's, I think we have online things in a separate category. So, you know, we will, we will, you know, make a comment on someone's Facebook post, or we will, you know, send an email that is ter- something we would never, a tone we would never have in person because we're not seeing that person in the face or, you know, there's not that personal contact. So we'll be less than, you know, less than our best online. And so it's, it's even as practical as, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And there's no, 
except when online clause. So bring that, bring your best self into those online um, things as well. Uh, it's something like that. Or it's like, hey, this week, you know, you want to do something and you're in a rut and you're feeling sad and it's January. Um, I mean, maybe this wouldn't work in January, but it's June or something. You know, go out with your family and clean up the street. You know, those types of practical things uh, that have to do with community and togetherness. So those are just a few, you know, a few kind of examples of like that. Okay, what are these things that we can do in a practical way or um, that, you know, that I'm just not saying out there, but I'm going to practice myself with my own family. Right, right. And how do you think some of those things, like these are really kind of everyday, mm-hmm. um, they're, they wouldn't necessarily be what, what, what everyone would say are spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. Some of those examples, right? So how would you see that as feeding our spiritual life, um, sort of these, say, an active service of the community or, yeah. or, you know, paying for somebody's Starbucks or whatever. How does that feed our own personal spiritual lives? Well, I think you need to sort of cor- cor- connect it to the you know, biblical principles that we read about. So, um, you know, with something like generosity. Okay, that's, a, that's like, you know, that's like a chorus that keeps repeating in, in the Bible about being generous and being these people. So it's not just a general nice thing to do, oh, it's the, although it is that, but it's also something that, uh, something that honors God, you know, and, and something that uh, you're supposed to do as a disciple of Jesus. So um, I think just connecting it to, oh, yeah, this is what, you know, Scripture says or Scripture teaches or all the Apostle Paul said that or Jesus taught that. So it's connecting that. And when you see that it's not just something you're doing, but actually is something that is connected to a biblical principle, I think it just encourages you because you feel good. Because that's another thing I think people struggle with is people beat themselves up all the time. You know, I'm not good enough or I'm not perfect or I'm not, you know, I don't have all my ducks in a row in terms of everything. And so people are so hard on themselves all the time. And I can fall victim to this too. And they just get discouraged. So um, sometimes it's just like, hey, these things, you can do this. And it's, and when you can do it, you're, you're kind of encouraging yourself at the same token. So I think that's a part of it. But I also find that when you do this stuff, you are, I think you become a, a more joyful person because you're seeing how you actually live, you know, live out these principles in your lives. Yeah, for sure. I I also think it's a good reminder to people because I think we sometimes think we hear something like the word spirituality and we think it's sort of this woo woo out there kind of uh, airy fairy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But these, like the examples you're giving are again, like you said, practical everyday kinds of things that, that people can do. Um, And it might not be the typical, okay, pray and read the Bible. Right. Um, it might be an act of generosity or an act of kindness to somebody. That actually is a spiritual practice. Oh, yeah. And I think people don't always necessarily connect those things. Um, niceness and spirituality, yeah. people don't necessarily connect that. And I think that's a good thing that you've done. That's something I see in the devotional that you write too. Mm-hmm. You've made a connection for people uh, between their spiritual life, which I think a lot of people think is kind of internal or in my heart, or I've got Jesus in my heart and then right. the external action oriented. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. No, I would, I would totally, totally agree. And it, it, no, sometimes there is stuff that comes up that is more sort of public or quote spiritual or religious, sure. um, you know, but it's, you know, like I think last year we were, I was talking about prayer and like, Hey, you know, when you're in a restaurant, 
maybe like, what about saying grace, like in a restaurant and where people might see you, you know, like sometimes people look at you like you're an alien from another planet. Um, but so sometimes there is that more overt quote, spiritual things, but sometimes it just has to do with your integrity. So, um, you know, when, when Paul is the fruit of the spirit, goodness, um, comes up or, um, I think one or two translations say generosity, but, but the, I think the thrust of that is kind of like integrity, like being the same person, um, being consistent. Um, like to me, you know, integrity is character consistency. So maybe it's just that day you're keeping an eye out to who's, you know, it's standing up for someone at work, you know, or someone who you're out with your friends and someone just is just, something happens and they're just not treated right. And so you're standing up for them. That's integrity. That's a biblical principle. So you're not, you know, yelling repent from a street corner, but you are, you're saying, okay, how can I have integrity in this situation? And, you know, I just, I'm just going to stand up for this person by standing beside them and just going to, Hey, you know, and, and encourage them and, and maybe speak out when someone says, Hey, you know, that wasn't fair. You know, they've done this and this. And so it's just about personal integrity sometimes. And I see all of that stuff. I, I just don't see any separation at all when it comes to spirituality. Like, you know, if we're going to take that seriously about, you know, loving God with your heart, soul, mind, strength, that basically is a, a statement that means the totality of you. Yeah. So it just, it just comes into every corner of your life. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we make a big mistake when we start to separate these things out. Like I've even heard people talking about, well, you know, I will, I got to feed myself and, you know, get my prayer life in order and read the Bible and be in a small group. And then I'll get, then I'll be, have the fuel to be able to go serve others. Yeah. And I, that always makes me cringe because I think you, all of that has to be happening together. Yeah. You know? And for me, I have seasons where I don't, I'm not really praying that well and I don't really feel like going and serving others, but I go and I do the service and that leads me to prayer eventually. And yeah. then other seasons where it goes in the other direction. But yeah. I think, I think you've just got to do what God is calling you to do in that moment. And sometimes it might be what we would say is the quote unquote spiritual practice, like a prayer kind of thing. Sometimes yeah. it might be an act of generosity or kindness to a person. Yeah. Um, but those are all kind of in the same category, I think, in a sense, for from God's perspective. Those are all, you know, yeah. walking humbly, doing justice, doing kindness. Those are all one thing, really. Um, so I, I really appreciate that about, about what you're saying and what you write about, too. Great. We, we've been going for a while, so I, I do want to uh, ask you uh, at least one or two other questions. Yeah. Um, have you ever felt like you were in a spiritual rut? Um, and if so, uh, how do you get out of that? Like, I know you mentioned going back to Psalms, but maybe there are other ways or a time where it just, something wasn't working and, and right. how did that turn around? Well, I should say that I've never been a spiritual rut. It's always perfect all the oh. time. Okay, great, great. <laughs> End of podcast. Just, just joking. That's, that's a lie. I shouldn't lie. Um, but it's a joke. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I think I think there's those seasons, you know, sometimes I remember last year I had this period where I would get up early. I was just, you know, I would get up so early and pray. I just I was just like on fire in that way, you know, and then that ends. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I don't feel like that. Um, or sometimes you just naturally feel a distance. Um, you know, I feel like a distant from God or something or this week or this month or some people come they feel it this year. So yeah, I've, I've definitely had those as well. But for me, it's just, you know, I'm not complicated in this regard. There's no magic formula. Well, maybe it is. It's, uh, it's I just, 
into my schedule. I just work in, you know, praying, Bible reading. And, and for me, exercise is huge. Like I, like I try to, and, and I don't want to, I'm not going to one of those people who are like, yes, it's 5.30 AM. I know for a run wicked. Um, you know, it's work. I don't want to do it, but I do it. And I find that during those times, you know, listening to music or listening to a podcast or something. Um, and sometimes I'll even, if I'm in a dry spell and in terms of Bible reading, like I've got this, you know, I've, you know, CD that I've downloaded onto my computer and onto my, on my phone of a biblical book. So I'm listening to someone, you know, go through, you know, Philippians or the Psalms or something while I'm running. So I just sort of force myself to always be having that, that intake of the Bible. I just think that's personally important. And also just like know that it ends. Like I've just, I've lived long enough now that, um, um, that, you know, to know that there's seasons, and so you just kind of push through and, and try not to beat yourself up. Sometimes you'll feel great. Sometimes you don't. But you you choose to you choose to you know employ certain practices. And and I think in the rut in terms of prayer, that's when I go to the Psalms the most, perhaps. And I'll share this with people at church sometimes. And just praying through the Psalms. So uh, this isn't a new thing. It's not my thing. It's it's an old practice. But you know, pull up a Psalm like pull up Psalm one you know thirty nine or something and or 121 or something and just read a few lines and then just pray about that mm-hmm. because that gives you, that's like bones. So when you feel like, you know, you're spent, those are the, that's the structure. And then it's almost like you're leaning on scripture to teach you how to pray again. And it kind of gets you back on track. So I find for me, that's, that's personally helpful. Yeah. I think the message too, is that everybody struggles, right? Everybody has oh yeah virtual ruts and um, pastors, sometimes especially um, do. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And, and we don't have it all together and we don't have all the answers. Um, and, and I think it's an important thing. I think we can hide that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think authenticity and just being real is really important. But yeah, we do have dry spells and we do have times when we, yeah, just maybe just don't feel as close to God as, we, as we'd like. And it's hard because people are coming to us for counsel or we're teachers. But yeah, sometimes we have those times. And I think that's just a normal part of being a human being. Yeah, and it sounds like what you're talking about is, um, is, is really being intentional, right? Like you, you have to choose. You've got to make the choice. Yeah. No one else is going to choose to read the Bible for you. Um, yeah. But you, you've got to do that um, and just making sure that your mindset is okay. I'm going to force myself to do this, even though I'm not feeling like it. Like if you rely on that feeling. Yeah. Well, you just can't rely on that feeling. Like sometimes you're going to have that and it's great. But then when that disappears and it will disappear, um, then what do you do? So you've got to choose, right? Um, I did want to ask you about your family too, actually. Um, I, I, I did send you some questions in advance. I don't think I put this one on there, but, um, what what does a spiritual life look like for your family? Like what? Because uh, I know you have a couple of couple of kids, right? Yeah, three kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we are very intentional about this stuff too. So again, it's weaving it into the to the the daily and weekly patterns. So worship is important, obviously. Grace, you know, at meal times, and there's other practices like reading the Bible every day together, praying every day together. Um, I think as kids get older, you can encourage them to pray for each other too. I think that's a really thing. I think it actually takes away a bit from sibling rivalry as well. Mm-hmm. Get kids to encourage and to pray for one another. Um, uh, worship is a big part of it. Uh, but we also have something that we we have at church called the monthly orange idea. 
And the, the orange idea is Reggie Joyner's kind of philosophy around, you know, red is the blood of the family. Yellow is the light of Christ that the church shares. You put them together, you get orange. And so they're monthly um, things that you do as a family to sort of cultivate your, your spiritual you know, growth together. So, you know, one time there was a neighborhood cleanup. Um, another time it's even just, you know, have, have readings and make, make an advent calendar together or like the advent calendar, the, the wreath, you know, that doing those. So every month the church produces something. Um, our youth coordinator, Julie Kuna, um, she produces something and we just, every month we do something and we're just very intentional that, but the biggest possible thing is simply being consistent with who you are with your kids. So you're struggling with something, you talk about it, or they have an issue in the playground. Um, we do talk about it. We talk about biblical principles or who we think Jesus wants us to be um, about, you know, including people when they're, when they're not, when they're left out or like all that type of stuff. It's just, there's not a difference between the Sunday us and the other six days a week us. So I think that is the biggest, biggest thing is, is, is my wife, Laura and I, when we are doing our best to, you know, to be prayerful and to follow Jesus and okay, how are we going to live as a faithful family today? Um, and we just try to live that with our kids. There's no separation. So hopefully our kids see that integrity. And from the research I've seen too, and I've, I've read a lot about it, I think that is the biggest, biggest thing is we just try to live that life. Yeah. Just have integrity, really. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where can people find you online? I know there's kind of a, a few places um, if people yeah. are looking for more or looking for the up devotion in particular too. Well, the up, the up devotional, you can find at theupdevo.com. So theupdevo.com. Uh, you can also sign up if you go to matthewrattan.com and Rattan is R-U-T-T-A-N. And that's the, like the blog. I usually write about, you know, faith and life and parenting on the blog, but the devotional is theupdevo.com. And then if you search up like Matthew Rattan up on Facebook, there's a Facebook page too, that if you're just on social media more, you can get that in your feed as well. So those are kind of the, the best ways. So yeah, I think people should check it out and hopefully they're, they're helped and encouraged by it. Yeah, for sure. I have been for sure. Um, Thanks. The devotion on some of the other writing too um, have been really good. Uh, and uh, I guess if anybody lives in the Barry area, they're also welcome to stop by your church. Yeah, come on by Westminster. We start at ten oh one a.m. Oh, okay. on Sunday. It's not ten; it's ten oh one. You know, we're we're uh, we're a bit more casual than a, than a few other places, but uh, mm. but that's our way of saying, hey, come, and if you're late, that's okay. Well, I, somehow we've communicated that to our congregation. We, <laughs> I think everyone acts as though we start at 10.04. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes we're trying to start at 10, but it doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast, and I really appreciate uh, your time and everything you've shared with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Matt, and just God bless you in this. I think you do great stuff, and your writing is great, and you're, I, I think this is just going to be a real help to people. So thanks for having me on, and have a great day. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Don't forget to check out the show notes at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. There you can sign up to get the free short guide called Six Tips to Get Consistent in Connecting with God. And when you do that, You'll also get the latest updates and news from the blog, plus book announcements and anything else I may be working on. So head over to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com and sign up. Thanks for listening today and take care.